0: How's that going for you? Our time of fasting and prayer, folks, is not a time to get something from God other than getting closer. Does that make sense? Does everybody agree with me on that? Does that sound right? It's not a magic formula to get God to bend to our will. It's so we get closer to him and we start getting into his will. How many of you know we don't always get in his will? I mean, you know, me and sweetie, we can pray about something and come up with two different answers. And we've done it. I'll use us because I don't know if they'll admit it or not. You can get the wrong answers. How does that happen? Somebody ain't tuned in with God. It works this way. There's God's will, period. God's will ain't ever going to change. His will is His will and it's going to go. Now, me and her can pray and both of us can be wrong, never be in God's will, and have two different views and two different answers. God didn't give it. But if one of us is in God's will, then the other one needs to be into the place of submission or bending. See, too many times we like to take God and try to tell Him what to do and make Him bend into our will. And if you've ever been at that place, that's a place of destruction. It will lead you away from the Lord simply because He is not going to give up His will. He's perfect. We sang those songs this morning, and there's truth in those songs. There's coming a day. Why? Because there's promises in the Word, Brother Eddie, that we're going to get to go to heaven. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and you're letting him rule your life, you're going to have a lot better life. I'm not saying you're going to have a comfortable life, a richer life. I'm saying you're going to have a better life because you're going to see things his way. And you're going to realize in those songs we sang this morning, this is not our home. We're just passing through. And thank the Lord, every one of us. I think every one of us just about, probably. We got our ticket on this journey for heaven. We didn't have it when we came in, but somewhere along this journey, I pray that you have, and if you haven't today, make it right, because what I'm going to preach today, if you ain't saved, this doesn't really apply to you. That's tough, ain't it? That's my job. What I'm going to preach today doesn't really apply to you if you're not saved, because these are promises from God. It's talking about prayer. There's only one way that you can pray, and that's through the name of Jesus. And you're only going to say that Jesus is Lord by the Spirit. That's what the Bible says. And friends, if you can come to church and say it, you should be able to say it outside the church. If you can't say it outside the church, you need to do some praying and get closer to God, okay? I'll leave it at that. It's been my desire as an individual... For all of us, that we become a praying church. When I started pastoring here in 2011 of April, we introduced the prayer night. We did it on Tuesday nights. I can remember Brother Emmett McCormick coming up here on Tuesday nights, and then he was back again on Wednesday, and then he was back again Sunday. He was supportive of that because me and him riding up down the road, we talked about the power of prayer. And that's something that I was praying about. It's something I was seeking. There were other things that came in that God was leading us that way. And so we started it. And that has been my desire from day one because I do realize the power of prayer. And I'm going to share some of that this morning with you. But I wanted to tell you that's been my prayer. Now, if you needed a a new hip or if you needed a new car, if you needed a new job, and you've asked me to pray, I have prayed for God's will to be done. I'm going to tell you something else I've prayed. Father, if it's not your will, I will be your tool to take the hard information or the thing they don't want to hear to them, but I'll take that truth. Because you know what? You don't get to grow unless you get the truth. And so I said, I'll do that. That's what you've called me to do. So that's how I pray. I don't have it right, okay? I'm still growing. I'm still breathing. And so I'm still growing as a Christian, and and all of us are. Amen? But I've talked with you over time time about the kind of church that we ought to be. I've tried to teach you in these past years, these years that God has given me the privilege of being your pastor, about being unified and joined together. Unified. It means there's no discourse with us. I've tried to teach about this prayer that we're supposed to have. I've, supposed, I've tried to teach about this, this, this steadfastness that we have, this, this job that we have, this incredible opportunity, and, and, and really what is expected of us is taking the gospel to the lost. It's been my prayer, and I really think that God laid this on my heart. I want to see these chairs filled up, and I don't care what color you are or who you're married to. I don't care what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter. And you know what? There's a whole world of people out here that need Jesus. And that's our job is to take Christ to them. Will they always receive it? No. Will you be ridiculed? You better believe it. Just get ready. If you're signing on with Jesus, the world's going to persecute you. The devil's going to try to stop you. But I I found out, Brother Murphy taught me this when I got started. If you're heading in the right way, you're going to find some resistance. Because the devil don't like it. If you're not messing with the devil, he ain't going to mess with you. So, prayer is so important because every day, every one of us have situations and people that we're going to come across. And we're going to need to know how to deal with them. And the main thing is we need to have him calling the shots in us. So, we're going to talk a little bit about prayer this morning. Huddleston. Huddleston Church needs to be a praying church. Huddleston will be no greater or no better or no more useful than what you and I are. Because you're the church. So it doesn't need to be, because somebody made a statement one day and it kind of set in me and it didn't set right. You know, we have the prayer service and I think they was just trying to give us a good honor and pat on the back and it didn't sit well, you know, they're a praying church. And I thought, no, no, that's not that's not what I want you to see. Is, is this? I don't want you to get to the place that you say, yeah, we're a praying church. Here's the thing you need to say: not that we're a praying church, but we need to ask the question of our own selves: Am I a praying Christian? Not do you attend a praying church? Are you a praying? Because here's the thing: if you're not a prayer, then you're in the church and you're a part of this church. Then that doesn't make us a praying church, though, does it? See what I'm saying here? And, I, and this is going to get a little tight for a minute. I hope you get it with, with the spirit it's intended. But if we had our prayer service on 11 o'clock Sunday morning, would there only be 30 people here? Is it the time frame? Because if prayer means something to us, Then we're going to pray. Well, I don't have to be in church to pray. You're exactly right, you don't. But if that statement I just made hit something in you that maybe brought up some anger or something like that, that's the Holy Spirit dealing with you. Okay? Because prayer is the most important thing that we'll ever do. We're in a season of fasting and praying right now. I've noticed over the last months our attendance on prayer night and Sunday night has lowered. And that didn't bother me so bad. I know we got stuff to do. But what has hit me is the number of prayer requests going in that box back there that we get to pray over has been going down. Now, I have the job to say, what happened? We got, what, a hundred and some folks sitting in here this morning? How many of you need prayer? Just raise your hand right now. there should be about 100 and some prayer requests sitting in that box and it can be an unspoken request if you want it to be if you don't want to share it. because prayer is that important hmm. am I a praying Christian is a good question to ask if you could ask the Lord Jesus Christ for anything you wanted what would you ask for think about it just for a minute a million dollars Say it. Go ahead. More of the Holy Spirit in your life. Well, he's just one, so you need him to have more control. Okay. That's a good prayer to have. Would we pray, well, Lord, let me be a good preacher. Lord, let me be a good leader. Here's mine. This was mine whenever I was coming up as a baby Christian. D, I never was jealous of you, but I sure was envious. My prayer when I got saved and I just knew it was going to happen is someday I was going to have this drive, desire, this ability come alive in me because it's in there that I could sit down here and make this thing sing like Anthony Berger used to because it will bless your heart. That way I can say I'm doing work for the kingdom but I don't have to get out and do the dirty stuff for the kingdom. That's not why I was doing that, but I really had the design. Someday, it might be in heaven. Y'all might roll up in heaven and see me sitting over there by a piano playing. I don't know. But will we we ask the Lord to teach us to lead, to preach, to be a good Sunday school teacher, to do whatever it is, You, you name it, it's okay to ask it, what would you ask the Lord to do? But I want you to look at one thing. The disciples showed us exactly. Lord, teach us to pray. They walked with him. Peter walked on water. They drove demons out of people. They saw some things going, but the one thing that they got it, Lord, teach us to pray. How did they do that? Because they saw their Lord praying. They'd go to bed a night, you know, and they didn't have nowhere to sleep. They was outside with their head on a rock. Maybe at somebody's house, but a lot of times they didn't. Jesus said that he didn't have anywhere to lay his head. Now, I don't know what that means. Maybe he didn't own a house. I picture in my mind, I might be wrong with this, but maybe he was outside and wherever he got sleepy, it's time to go to, go to sleep, and he laid down. Found a good tree trunk and one of them that sucks you up like a chair. That's why I don't get a lot of deer sometimes, fall asleep in those comfortable tree stumps. But I picture that in my mind. That's where Jesus, that's where he was. But you know what? Them fellows will wake up a little late. Now I'm not casting stones. Whatever time you get up, that's between you and the Lord. Don't let nobody else tell you what time you need to get up. If you work second shift, you're going to sleep half a day anyway and can't get nothing done. But... <clears throat> They woke up of a morning and said, where is he? And they might look, and I picture, this is just in my mind, it's not in the Bible, so you can picture your own thing, and you can tell me it ain't right. But I picture them maybe looking up on the hill with a moon in the background, and there's Jesus knelt down on the ground, maybe by a tree stump, maybe he's laid out face down, but he's talking to the Father. And I think that's what put the desire in them, Lord, teach us to pray. Go to Matthew chapter seven, if you would, please. And I wrote a lot of notes on this one, y'all, because I've been—I just been—I've been searching and seeking on this thing, because it's—it's been—it's been—it's been under my crawl. If you know what I'm saying? It's been under my crawl. It's prayer is so important. He said in verse seven, chapter seven, verse seven. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Well, man, that just opened up a whole can of worms. I can just ask him anything, doesn't it? I mean, it doesn't specify. It doesn't specify anything at all. But the asking part, that speaks of the desires that we have in us. The desires that we have in us, a lot of them God put there, and some of them He didn't. But that speaks of the desires that we have. But you go to another level of seek, and that speaks of getting God's direction. When we're seeking God, we're looking for His direction, and it finishes out with knock, which speaks of our persistence, our determination. Meaning, Lord, I'm not giving up. I'm going to be right here for, I'm coming back again tomorrow. I might see you at five this evening because I see this in my spirit. I feel it in my heart. And me and you need to talk about this again because something ain't happening. We, we, our gears ain't joined up yet. You see what I'm talking about? So he's talking about this and he gives us this. One of the biggest problems in our life is not unanswered prayers. It's unoffered prayers. You know how many times somebody said, well, I was sick last week. When did you come see me? Well, I didn't know. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Jack Falls passed away Friday morning. I found about it last night. I'm not casting stones, but I can't pray about it if I don't know about it. I don't know. Do any of you all have this supernatural connection with God that you just read minds and and stuff just kind of flows in? And, you know, oh, I need to call this and such. Sometimes that happens. But not always. You see what I'm talking about? So a lot of times the things that we're missing out on is the unoffered prayers, the prayers we never had. The 25 prayer requests we get on a Sunday night when there's 125 people here. There's 125 people got nothing they need and don't want to ask. That scares me, church. That scares me for you. I'm not looking to post big numbers. I could care less about big numbers with the exception of they need to be saved. With the exception of they need to have prayers answered. They need God to move on their behalf. That's what I care about. I could care less with anybody outside looking in and it. Oh, they're just running over, running four services a day. I don't care about that. I'd love to be able to do that, I think, maybe. I don't know. One time's pretty rough. But that scares me that we are in the mindset that we don't need to talk to God and ask Him about things. You see, James 4 and 2 says, You lust and do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain, you fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. If you read the King James, you have not because you ask not. The reason we don't have is because we don't ask. You see, not to pray is not only missing a blessing, it is rebellious. Our Lord has commanded us to pray in Luke 18 and 1. Then He spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. And that's the place I'm at. I'm afraid that we're at a place that we're losing heart. We've lost faith in the prayer. You know, sometimes, and we're going to get there in a minute, sometimes God does say, no. Sometimes God says, not yet. Sometimes God says, I'm going to answer it, but not the way you want. But it's going to be better. And I think we're at that place sometimes. We, we, We lose heart because God didn't answer our prayer. Can I tell you something, friends? If you're saved today, He answers your prayers. It may be no. It may be no. In Mark 14 and 38, he says, Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray. Watch what's going on in the world around you. You can't even watch a football game or a basketball game anymore without people going to fisticuffs over a call. It's a stupid game. (laughs) Nobody deserves to be hit over it. I love to watch these things, I like the competition. I enjoy it. I used to play ball, and I'm not knocking it down. But when it gets to the point that we got to start going to fisticuffs because the ref made the wrong call, it's a stupid game then. Do you understand what I'm saying? I've got one amen. The rest of you don't see it, but that's the thing I'm getting at. Maybe our mindset ain't where it needs to be. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. If you're not watching and catching on, then you ain't praying. You see, James also says that we can pray amiss. We can pray the wrong things. You ever done that? Yeah, I did too. I'll share one with you here in just a minute. Philippians 4 and 6 says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In everything. So that tells me that we can talk to God about everything. You see, there's no substitution for prayer. Not elegant, charismatic, uh, energetic speech. Cadences when you preach. Cadences when you talk. Not those kinds of things. It's not Shakespearean 1611, King's English. No, it's just real talk with our Lord. We can talk to Him about everything. Amen? Amen? And we got, sometimes we get our minds caught up because we got church and we got world. We got church and we got world. Can I tell you something? When you go to work tomorrow, God's going with you. Yes, He is. No matter what your job is, God's going to be there with you. He loves you. Can I tell you something? when you was on the internet the other night looking at things you shouldn't have been looking at, God was with you whether you thought it was a church or not. He's always there. He's always there. He's always got his hand right here. He's wanting to have that conversation with you and me. Many fail in their prayer life or they live in spiritual poverty simply because they never learned how to pray. Learn the scriptures, but you never learn how to pray. You ever been somewhere and something's going on in your life and you just get to the place of God, I don't even know what to pray. I don't know how to fix this. There's something in me that don't belong there. I read it in your word, how does it get fixed? Well, we have got to pray about it. And we're going to talk about prayer. Matthew 6 and 7, uh, 6, 7 and 8. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. you hear that? That's what the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard with their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. You see, we don't pray to impress God. We don't pray to inform God. Uh, God's everywhere, beginning to end. What can we possibly tell him? He don't know. Here's a hint, nothing. He knows it. He already knows. That's what the scripture just said. And we don't pray to instruct God. Can I tell you something? If you've been praying to instruct God on how to take care of somebody or whatever, you might as well stop. Because he will never bend his will to fit your will. He will wait for you to bend to fit his. If you don't benefit His, you have a little bit more miserable walk through this life. I told somebody this morning we were talking if I stop preaching today, stop reading my Bible today, stop going to church today, stop praying today, stop doing anything about God today, the sun would come up tomorrow and life would go on. And God would still be there saying, All right, you mule headed thing, are you about over your stubbornness yet? and you are, you grab my hand, and I'm going to hug you, and it's going to be like a brand new day, and we're going to go from there. But if that's where you want to be, I'm sorry, I don't walk down there. That's what the Lord tells us. So we don't instruct him when we pray. In fact, the question would come about, so why do we pray? If he already knows everything. In 2 Corinthians 6 and 1, it says we are workers together with him. This thing we're doing today is with him. You guys joined the church. We give God the glory for what he did. I mean, we, we're here and, 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 you know, I came to visit. and I mean, You know what I'm saying? Brother Wayne's been to several others. I'm not, But I'm, what I'm saying is it's the work that God did. It's all about him receiving the glory. John 15 and 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Now, folks, if we don't pray, we're attempting to live independent from God. I mean, just... (laughs) You see, God wants us to abide in Him. He wants us to invite Him in and take control of our lives. That's why we pray. He already knows what we need. We can't bend his will. We can't instruct God what to do. The whole purpose of prayer, and it is important because Jesus did it, is so that the Father abides in us. The Spirit abides in us. We're in him. He's in us. We're clicking along. Our gears are now working good. They're lubed up good with prayer. You stop praying, they get unlubed, and they break. And the next thing you know, your wheels are spinning, and you're going nowhere. Most of the time, you don't know you're not going nowhere until it's too late. You see, the devil cannot keep God from answering your prayers. Did you know that? Praise God. The devil can't stop him from answering my prayers. But he'll do everything in his power to stop you from offering them. Well, you don't need to call him. My goodness, we were sick two weeks ago. Nobody knew about it. I didn't want to burden you. In fact, I was so sick, I didn't even know what day it was for a couple of days. I think, sweetie, might have, I don't know, did you? But you see what the devil will do with you? Ah, don't bother them. Ah, you know what they're going to say about you shouldn't went to New York. You went up there and you got sick. That's what the devil does. Am I lying? Huh? Am I right on this? That's what he does. No, nah, you don't want to let that one out because you know what such and such is going to think not worrying about such and such. Talk to God. That's exactly what the devil's doing. He's trying to get you to the place that you don't offer the prayer. Talk to God, and it doesn't matter what it is. Ask, seek, knock. That's what he tells us to do. The ask part is, is, is the desires. Therefore, I say unto you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. See, you don't get the idea that there are spiritual things that you ask for and and, and secular things that that you don't ask for. Can you picture Jesus going to the Father at 4 o'clock in the morning? Oh, Father, I come to you right now and I give you the glory. I thank you for sending me and doing what you've asked me to do. Give me anointing today when I preach, and when I'm done, I'll take care of the rest of it. That's what we do. We have a secular world and we got a church world. That's wrong thinking. That's wrong thinking. And that comes from all those big scholars They talk about at Harvard and Princeton. They're the ones that teach us how to think that way. That's why we're where we're at. And it's not that we're bad about it, but you know what? Now we're being notified. God's just notified us and says stop thinking that way. We like to put the spiritual things up here. We draw a big solid line and we put the secular things down here. Can I tell you what? God's with you wherever you go. So you put, if you put the, the things in a circle and you put a little dotted line, meaning God gets the flow through either side of it, God is with you wherever you are. You are the church. This church will never be any greater than the people that's in it because you are the church. We're a praying church. Well, is everybody praying? We can't say that if we ain't. Is the majority of us praying? We can say that if we're praying. But we need to keep on praying and we need to stay on it. You know what? Sometimes life gets a little tough. Sometimes life likes to knock you down. Sometimes life likes to throw curveballs at you. Sometimes the devil likes to tell you you ain't worth it anymore. That's what the devil likes to do. And the next thing you know, you get to the place that you're not even calling on God. You're not even reading the Word. You're not calling to get something put on the prayer line. You're not asking somebody to help you do something. You stand alone and that's exactly what the devil wants to happen. He'll call us from the herd, and the next thing you know, you're standing alone. That's right. Ask. You can ask God anything. Now, he might show you that what you're asking ain't right, and you may even realize it. God, what I'm asking for ain't right. That's okay. He's God. He already knows, so you're not hiding it from him. He already knows just by you talking about it, now you're letting him know, well, we're both on the same page but think about it, you can ask him anything, you don't have to just be the super spiritual stuff, get that thinking out of your head, it ain't secular and spiritual, you're either spiritual or you ain't, okay, there's no separation between here and home, or they shouldn't be, if it is, it's time to pray at the end of the service, okay, you can pray about anything. You bet, Eddie, you remember when me and you was working on my truck last year? Remember that, that, that tension wheel was loose. That thing, man, it squeaked, sound like a herd of birds coming down the road. Well, it got so bad it was eating up my fan belt, my belt, you know, serpentine belt. So me and him, we, the mechanics that we are, we'd starve if that's what we did for a living. <laughs> me and him went and got me a new serpentine belt and a new, uh, a new, a new pulley. Tensioner pulley. Took the other one off, barked our knuckles a few times. Our sanctification is intact. (laughs) But we got that thing on, and remember, we went to put the belt on, and for 15 minutes, we couldn't do it. I'm going to tell you how smart we are. We actually got that belt, and he got on one end, and I got on the other. And we braced our feet and started leaning back, thought we needed to stretch that thing. I'm telling honest brother, confession's good for the soul. And it didn't work because we tried to put that belt back on again and it liked about that much. And I'm going to tell you, when something won't budge that much, it's like a mile. And you remember what happened? I said, Lord Jesus, help us. This thing's got to go back on because I've got to have this truck to do what you've asked me to do. And I've either not done something right, I'm just stupid or something, but you need to help us. I didn't say nothing about Eddie. I was talking about me. I, but I said, Lord, help us. And it wasn't probably 15 or 20 seconds later, you remember that? That bell went, sit. Now, y'all believe what you want to believe. God answered a prayer. He answered a prayer. We got the bell on, the truck's running. You can't hear me coming except for my exhaust now. It ain't chirping. That was a year ago, and it's still working. It's still holding steady, so... Praise the Lord. But see, we sometimes think that we we have to ask things, but you know what? Sometimes we can ask the wrong things, and you know what? When you know you're asking the wrong thing, that's the time to pray, Lord, fix the thing that's in me that's wanting something that's not right. Because I don't know how to do it, but I'm asking you to help me, and he'll show up. Pray for everything. It's our responsibility to ask. The responsibility to give is God's. Next, we are going to talk about Seeking seek is to expect direction from God because sometimes there are things that we ask God for that is not his will that's why he said for us to seek sometimes we go into prayer with our desire and maybe that desire is exactly what God has in store but it needs to be tweaked so you get a prayer and you get an answer good if it don't get answered now it's time to start seeking when you start seeking that means all expectations go out the door you have to stop telling god how to do it because you might get the answer of no that you don't want to hear mrs billy graham she thanked god (laughs) she thanked god that god didn't answer all of her prayers you know why because if he if he had would have married the wrong guy five different times that's a good point y'all remember high school don't you I know y'all ain't sitting in here with your high school sweetheart You you had something for somebody else somewhere along the way maybe you asked that prayer oh lord I like him make him my husband God said no you see him 25 years later you're like thank you lord for not answering that prayer Paul had a thorn in the flesh. You remember that in 2 Corinthians? He had a thorn in the flesh in three different times of prayer. He went to God and said, take this from me. We talked about this Wednesday night. By the way, come out on Wednesday nights. There's some good good teaching going on. If You can make it. It's a good time to ask questions. But three times he asked the Lord and the Lord said what? In essence, No. But in your weakness, I will become strong. Your faith in me is going to become strong. Now, folks, we know what happened. Paul done a whole lot of writing in the Bible. There's a lot of quotes that comes from Paul. Now, if he'd have just give up and said, okay, that's fine. You know, I know you do it. And he would have just quit. Then we wouldn't be studying that Paul taught this or Paul wrote this letter. God would have found somebody else. That word would have still got out might have been Jim I don't know but it would have got out and you see we can't let go of just seeking God and the last one I want to cover with you this morning is called the knocking that's where our persistence comes in in Luke 11 15 I'm I'm going to just paraphrase this real quick you remember the fellow went to the neighbor's door Jesus uses a parable he taught them a parable and he went and what he did is he went knocking at the door Hey, get up, man. My, my cousin's coming. Now, I'm ad-libbing. That's not in the Bible, but this is the essence of the story. Hey, go home and go to bed because I'm already in the bed with my kids. Don't you be waking us up. I don't have anything. Man, I've got to have this bread. He's coming on a far journey. I've got nothing to feed him. And Jesus tells this parable and says, this is how God is. Even though he's his neighbor, even though he doesn't know, even though he don't want to do it, he ends up, by the cause of his persistence, of giving him what he needs. That's persistence. That's the one that we have. There's several of them. You remember the girl that was uh, from Cy- Cy- Sidon in Matthew 15 21? That's where it starts at. She's the lady that comes said, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. My daughter is demon-possessed. I'm ad-libbing again, okay? And what happened? Now, if you think Jesus is stuck up or some people, Jesus did this. And the next verse says, his disciples said, make her go away. She's bugging us. Not those words, but you get the gist of it. And then she persists. She comes up and she said, But my daughter is demon-possessed. And he more or less says, That's not what I come for. I can't take the food for the children of Israel and cast them to the little dog. He called her a little dog. I can't take this from them, and give to you. And then the Bible says she worshipped him. You know what? What happened? He said well guess what I might be a little dog but you know what at the master's table I'm going to hang out and I'm going to get a crumb or two uh-huh. and then what happened he looked at her and said great is your faith it is as you said and her daughter was healed that very hour it was persistence one more, one more I want to give you Elijah you remember him they didn't have no rain back yonder in a long time over in the Middle East real dry Real dry. The plants are withering away. Dogs and cats and animals are dying. People are dying. It's been three years since it's rained. And he prays for rain. And he tells his servant, Go outside, and look, to see if you see a cloud. He goes out and he comes back in and says, there Ain't nothing out there. He prays again. He comes back in. His servant comes back in. And there ain't nothing. He prays again and says, Get out there and see if there's a cloud. He goes out, he looks. I don't see nothing. He goes in and tells him, There ain't nothing. He does this and on the seventh day, he prayed again. He was persistent. It was God's will, and he was persistent. And he told him, He said, Go pray again, or go look again. And he goes and he looks again, and he says, I see a cloud about the size of a guy's hand. What did Elijah to say? There's going to be an abundance of rain. And it happened. It was persistent prayer, but that persistent prayer had to be starting off with a desire of asking. And whenever God don't answer it right now, then you start seeking because, okay, I've gotten some of my wires crossed. God, you need to help me. You see what I'm talking about? And when you get to the place that you know in your heart, okay, this is God's will. I'm praying right now. You just keep on praying. You keep on seeking until you get the answer. Knock on the door. We used to serve papers on people at 3 o'clock in the morning. it was the only time they was home. Maybe we was going to catch them with some other stuff. We didn't do a, you know, people that walk up and do this on your door. They don't want you to answer. They don't want to have a cop talk with you. Well, I went by and seen them. They didn't answer the door. We used to get the flashlights out, the mag lights. Oh, yeah, everybody in the neighborhood woke up. Too. They'd yell, hey, they ain't home. They left a while ago. That's the kind of persistence we're talking about. We don't give up talking with God. That's what we do. And that's the fear of me is by seeing what I've been seeing is have we lost our faith in prayer? I asked you last week, what's got to happen? Do you got to get cancer? Does your kid got to, something bad got to happen? What's got to happen that we come to the house of prayer, and we get serious with God, talking to God. What's going to happen? Because if he loves you, you know things will change in your life. I know that myself. How long do you knock? You knock until you get the answer in your hand or in your heart or until God says no. My dad, and I know this for a fact, I prayed after I got saved for my daddy to get saved because my mama was saved and she'd gone on to heaven and I prayed. Every day I was going to Northern Virginia, I'd talk to my daddy on the phone and when I'd hang up for the rest of the trip, I'm like, Lord, please save my daddy. I got so desperate, I told him what he needed to do. You need to get me there some way. You need to give me some special words, some special anointing so that I can tell my daddy and he'll be saved. And that didn't work. So I thought I'd try another angle. Well, God, you just need to send somebody. Somebody needs to go and be your mouth for my daddy so that he can get saved. And one day I'm in the road and this peace come over me when I pray because I was getting pretty serious with God. I was talking pretty serious with him. I mean, it was reverent, but it was close to not being. You understand what I'm talking about? Any of you ever been there? You've been there with God? And this came over me. I heard your prayer, and I'm going to take care of this. And you know that desire in my heart left? I didn't pray for my daddy anymore. I was praying when. I was just saying, well, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? And one night in November of 2008, He didn't send no preacher. He didn't send no televangelists. He didn't send nobody. Now, he may have been sending people all along to kind of, you know, loosen the soil up so the seed could take. But my daddy, he crawled out of his bed one Saturday night in the dark because he slept with the lights off. He believed in saving money. And he crawled out beside his bed that him and Mama slept on. And he cried out to God to save him. Now, Mama, she prayed that for years. She died in 1992. It was 16 years after she was dead. She didn't get to see the answer to that prayer, not before she left this world. But according to Roger, the guy at the church that he went to from that night until he died on September the 9th, 2009, he never missed the church service. And I'm telling you, God answers prayer. And I was telling him how to do it. And he said, back up, boy, you don't know what you're doing. He might be saying that to you. Back up, you don't know what you're doing. I've got a plan. You're kind of on track, but you need to let me do this. Because see what happens when you don't give in to God that way? You start getting mad at God. Satan will use anything he can. Remember, he can't stop God from answering your prayer, but he can stop you from asking. He can lead you to the place that we pray wrong. Sometimes, folks, the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is yes, but not right now. Sometimes the answer is, yeah, I'm heading that direction, but it ain't going to be that way at all. It's up to us to give. Sometimes the answer is no. Elijah and Jonah both asked God to kill them. What was his answer? No. I got something better in store. He didn't answer that prayer. Maybe you're praying about something today and it feels like God ain't answering. Or maybe you're praying amiss. You're asking the wrong thing. Maybe you don't want Randy being your Sunday school teacher no more. Careful. If it's God's will, you just put God out. hmm Because he may say, no, that's my will and you need to submit. That's the hard lesson. He takes us to the place that you need to submit. He won't submit. God will not submit. It behooves us that we do. And as I said before we started this morning, if you're not saved, this message didn't mean anything for you because you can't pray in Jesus' name. You can call on Him all you want. The only prayer you're going to pray that's going to mean anything if you're not saved today is going to be, Lord Jesus, I need you to be my Lord and Savior and come into my heart. That's the only one he'll answer. But after you do that, he taught us how to pray. This morning, I want us to close out. If you've not been saved, let's all just stand. You've been getting sleepy on me. It's 10 after 12. 12. I didn't really mean to go so long. I do apologize once again. You know, that that's something, ain't it? God forgives us, and we say, I'm sorry. Well, y'all been having it for six years now. I'm sorry I went over 12. No, but all joking aside, if you need Jesus this morning, I want you to come up and get prayer this morning. I want you to come and talk to him. I can't impart it to you. If you've got something in your body that needs healing this morning, I believe that God can bring healing to your body this morning. Or he can lead us to the place that maybe you need to hear the answer of. You need to quit this, you need to do this, whatever it may be. I don't know. But I do know this. He answers prayer. If you have a need this morning, maybe you want to stand in for somebody that has a need. Come forward. If you've ever been healed by the Lord, and you're not one of these that's got a need this morning, and you know the power of God to touch, I want you to come up and pray this morning with anybody that needs healing. Healing in their spirit, healing in their bodies, and pray with them. Pastor Charlie, can you come up this morning?